1: the Husker Fan Sports Show. Uh, I think that they understand that uh, we have a chance to be a good team. It starts this week for us coming back home. So we're excited to play at home, excited to play in front of home fans.
0: Welcome to the Go Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Honky. Uh Husker Nation, you or Redcast
1: Nation, you've grown to over 27,000 now, making you the sixth largest uh city in Nebraska overtaking Fremont. Watch out, Carney. You are next. Ooh, that'd be a big step.
0: You know, Carney, oh, that's that's getting serious there. I mean, that's
1: not with the UNK included,
0: so it's that would just be Carney right. proper, but still. I mean, seriously, I mean, after that, we go to Grand Island Bellevue, and then it's then it's Lincoln and Omaha, right? I mean, it's a, a huge show, control. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, that's going to be quite the celebration next year when we knock all those off. Also, <laughs> a
2: boomer. Really hoping all uh, RedCast fans and Husker staff just don't insult uh, Tom uh, Northern Illinois head coach Tom Hammack this week. No disrespect. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't even stand on our own midfield logo. Maybe exactly. That's yeah, just the stay perfect. over in the new,
2: the new exit. Yeah, or the new tunnel yeah. walk. Just kind of
0: enjoy <laughs> that. Let's just do everything. Right. <laughs> that's right. And also with our good friend Red Gas
3: Rob. Oh, good evening, guys. Hold on a second. <coughs> Sorry, I'm still choking down that Kool Aid. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yet he's still still drinking it. Well, Rob, uh, yourself, Honky, yours truly, in Boulder last weekend. Uh, it was cool story, experience, Dave. Cool, story bro.
3: cool story. What's bro. the
0: story? Well, I had a great time. Uh, I think Honky and I probably sang karaoke with our good friend, Carrie, who uh, hosted us there till three or four in the morning. I don't know how late it got, Honk. Um, no, no, his beautiful wife put up with us until
1: like way in the late uh, hours there after the game. But that was just the way that we tried to finish up that game. But it was a great atmosphere, a great weekend in Colorado, just with, with Husker fans on Friday night at the in S's Park and a great time with, uh, with a lot of other Husker fans, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We, we drank our sorrows away. Rob, I think maybe you're too despondent to
3: actually get to that stage. Uh, yeah, I just. How are you doing? doing? Well, one, I one, I've kind of have this new thing where I'm trying not to drink when I go to the games because I'm trying to take in the full experience. And and honestly, I was looking back at it, and you know, at the game where I was sitting, everything was great. I mean, people were people were nice enough, all that. But like once mm. I left my seats, every single time, I, it was just a terrible fan experience. I Folsom Field. I know you like the Field House, Dave, but it feels like I'm, I love it. I, I feel like so I'm fun. hanging out. I feel like I'm hanging out in somebody's garage. It smells weird in there. They've got TV. <laughs> my, my TV. The be TV brilliant. behind us is bigger than the TV that they have at Folsom Field, and it's on like a two minute delay. So if you're trying to like keep up with the game and get some food, you can hear the announcement or make the announcement outside what the play is going on. And then two minutes later, you see the actual play on the TV. I mean, It is. Like, it's about a, a minute. Well, you know what? At least they're paying Dion because they sure as heck aren't putting any money towards anything else over there.
0: I, I felt, you know, we always talk about this, all this nostalgia for how college football used to be, honk. right? You know, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I, I wish it used to be like that. And then we and we go to a rivalry game like this and we have, you know, 18-year-old kids – um swearing at us and and we think it's horrible right you know mo- most of the the poor language and and whatnot was all these college kids who saw a war and 11 team last year they were never that good of fans to begin with and now suddenly they have no idea what they're doing um yeah and the field house is old and it's a little bit decrepit and the tvs are literally like the one honky had in his his theta's dorm room circa 1997 uh but it's all hilarious and they actually improved their beer line significantly
3: so i was impressed that's with that true. boomer I, I, I only was um, in line for food for about a minute and a half really i mean yeah, was, yeah i mean i will give them credit for that and i mean and it's so many people there kept like they'd say oh you're with the red cast you're number one i mean at least i think that's what they were saying to me all the time because kept <laughs> show me one finger so i that, saw a lot of that i uh, yeah <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's funny because, you know, Dave, you and I, we live in Colorado, um, you know, and I do a lot of stuff like in the community and, and I hear it from people, but it's like, I had people walking up to me just being like, man, like that first half, like you guys are going to be good. Like you guys, you guys, I really like to see what you guys do as rule builds this because, you know, that defense was way better than we expected it to be. If you guys could stop your turnovers, that game probably would have gone well into the fourth quarter with, with, you know, be, the score being close, everything along those lines. Right. So I'm kind of segueing here for that, but I mean, at the same time, you know, this is something that actual fans, people I know that are CU fans here, the one or two of them in Greeley, um, you know, they talked to me and, and, and that's what they were saying to me. And then of course I had the, my my token Raiders comment, you know the Raiders did beat the Broncos on Sunday, so it was oh my goodness, and for me, so I was doing pretty good with with my CU friend right. fans because they're also Broncos <clears throat> fans. So. Uh, you know how to turn out,
0: tur- turn me off to someone else there. So honky,
1: yeah. I, one of my favorite parts of the day actually was right after the game, immediately following it, and it was Redcast Rob and then Redcast Talon, who we'll get him on a show here. Uh, Dave's nephew who's running our TikTok. Uh, I sat with Talon during the game. He's a big kid. He looks like he could play football. You know, he's a, he's a tough guy and he, he was going to take on about every CU Buff fan outside the stadium. And then Rob was not turning down any chance to, to talk back to people. And I mean, I pretty much separated myself from those two for a little bit. And then Dave someone came called in. me
3: four eyes honky. I That's, was wearing I glasses. They call me four eyes. I'm like, what?
1: <laughs> well, but you know what? The best part was when Dave came in, Dave just grabbed them both by the neck. I mean, it was like, <laughs> it was like, grandpa Dave. And, and he's like, no, we're done. We don't do that. We're Husker fans. We have 45 conference championships. And he went through all the stats and it's like, we're a blue blood fan and we don't do that. And I was like, that's pretty cool. That's exactly it. And you just walk right down the street and people will say stuff to you and you just move on and you don't need to get in fights. I've seen some videos of game, of some of the fights that were going on in the stands. I think Dave, you said there was one of them that was yeah, going on near you. Close. And and I'll knock Husker fans just the same way I would Colorado fans in that. I mean, just knock it off. I mean, like that. That doesn't have to happen. I mean, you can I've been to so many stadiums in every every environment. Uh the Colorado fans that were sitting right around us, we got a little bit of guff from some of the people behind us, nothing bad. The ones in front of us were really cool. We had Husker fans around us too. It was a really good environment in our little area. And once the game gets done, you, you get the heck out of there after a loss. I've learned that in 01. I've learned that in yep, 2019. Right. Um, you know, but I didn't. I guess I just. It doesn't bother me as much, and I think I'm more annoyed too. I think the beginning of this this discussion was with Dion and some of the just the narrative stuff that goes on. But whatever. I mean, that's they're getting a lot of people to show up for a game that uh, they couldn't get anyone to show up for a year ago. There, so I guess yeah, from that perspective, good, good on them. Okay, I think we've talked
0: about that game enough. What about you? Guys <laughs> well, actually, I would like to hear Boomer's perspective um, as the one that was not at the game. I'd like just. I haven't really actually listened to any of the um, you know audio or video from the, the telecast or even the big noon kickoff or anything like that. I mean just it, just in general, I mean, what would what it look like on TV?
2: Well, uh, first off, you know I watched the game at home uh, with uh, graphic designer Dan. He he stopped by. Uh, he was visiting nice. his daughter uh, in Lincoln and came by to watch the game. So I made chicken wings and a nice little charcuterie board. So we enjoyed our the food. At least was excellent. So, and uh, I don't know if you know this, but during the, but the the pregame and a lot of the other stuff, they they tended to talk about Deion Sanders quite a bit. It oh, was it was strange. <laughs> so that kind of dominated a lot of the discussion on TV and strange commercials and halftime and every other show known to man. Uh, but, you know, the announcers, I thought were going to be a were the Joel TV Black. ratings, Boomer? They were good. It was one of the most-watched games of the week. It was, what, I think eight-some million people watched it, if I remember right? Somewhere mm-hmm. around there. Yeah, it was a very high ratings. So, you know, a lot of people are trying to credit Colorado for that. And, you know, there's truth to that. A lot of people are turning in to watch... You know Dion, and see what happened. But Nebraska fans certainly drew a lot of that as well. I mean, Nebraska fans show up to watch every game, and people will you know across the country will watch it. So, so that was good. Um, and and the announcers I thought were fair. You know, Joel Clad, despite being a you know Buffalo guy, he seems to be fair to Nebraska and was you know pretty pretty laudatory, I think, for the defense for most of the game. And most of the announcers were at least until things started breaking down in the second half, and then it was just kind of. It was what it was. The you know, Colorado's offense started clicking a bit, and that kind of became the subject of all talk. And yeah, otherwise, uh, yeah, the chicken wings were good at least, so we had that to finish. Yeah,
1: <laughs> hey, fellas, I, I have to show you this. This is from uh, this is from Vegas Jerry. We know him well, stayed with him and his lovely wife, Steph, at their place uh, the week of Minnesota. This is our first ever, I don't even know what this is called, but when we were at Vegas Jair's house after the Minnesota game we watched the Husker Online episode that night the after one and like people were paying money to like get their their uh comments you know posted and so apparently uh Vegas Jair has just given us really? 1999 which if they do that then we're obliged we have to to show their comment since they're paying but I didn't even know that was an option apparently with YouTube <laughs> I mean so shows how Holy little cow. I know about this stuff so we just got uh, super chats. Jeremy just called it uh, Vegas Chair. Awesome. Support the Redcast. Well, so
0: apparently, apparently that's available on our show. So <laughs> I mean, Vegas Chair is the uh, Redcast fan that just keeps giving. I mean, I don't know if we had enough chance to thank all of uh, his kindness for for our trip to M- Minneapolis, but that's awesome, Vegas Chair. I really appreciate it.
1: Well, he he says it's in honor cool. of the whole crew back together. Here's a few bucks for a beer for everyone. Pia... P.S. Miss you all. See you this weekend, Honky GBR, and that's true. I will see you this weekend, Jeremy. Uh, this is going to be a fun weekend just to get just to get the whole crew back together in terms of Husker Nation. We're getting back to oh
3: wow, more people. Well, now. We, this more is people now. <laughs> we made we more, more money shirts. tonight than we've ever made on YouTube before with all <laughs> our watches. and we have that's advertising hilarious. on. This, and this
0: is incredible. So. Oh. We'll talk all night, guys. Don't worry. Honestly,
3: the... um, (laughs) Scurs fan uh, 23. Yeah. It's like a telethon. (laughs) It feels like it, you know? And if you give now... Scurs fan 23. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, scurs fan 23. You know, I I will say (laughs) that, too, is that um, I've kind of taken the last couple weeks off myself just trying to get back into the the right mental state, you know? And, I mean, there was a lot of Husker stuff going on, right? And this year, I'll probably go to more games than I've gone to ever. Um, I'm going out for the Michigan game in a couple of weeks, right? I've I've gone to uh Minnesota and um and uh CU already this year. So two road games. So that's already a record for me as far as number of games going and living out here. But man, that experience in Minnesota was probably one of the best experiences I've had traveling wise with a group of guys. Like we should try to do that once a year, you know, and figure out something like that. Well, if we cause... keep on getting paid for doing the show, Rob, I think. I mean, we might be able to afford year. it. Right. Like, you know, give the give give. The uh, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> and I mean, it's great. And hopefully, you know, Jerry can just start or Jer- Jeremy can start just buying uh, houses wherever it is that there are away games. So then he can just host us at those houses and um, hopefully there's a, a TPC course there too, because then he can get us on it at, at a nice discounted it's rate. It's an as well. investment. So That's what thank you, Jared. It. We 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 appreciate you more than well. Anyone. It was great,
0: Rob uh, Hockey Boomer. Um, maybe we can turn the page here a little bit, um, mm. by uh, launching into an offense and defensive segment. We can kind of recap what we liked, uh, what we saw on Saturday at the Colorado game, and then uh, kind of play that forward and, and see how maybe that translates to success um with the home opener on on Saturday night and now scoring explosion the offensive breakdown all right let's talk scoring explosion all things Husker offense and uh will I'll I'll start with you I mean you know um we ran the ball right We, we are running the ball um for 200 yards a clip, which in some years hasn't always been easy. Um, and we've got um, a, a little lighter um, couple of opponents coming up. Maybe we can keep that average up or even increase it. What do you think? Yeah, I know Coach Rule talked about wanting to get to 250
1: yards a game uh, as a goal, and which has only happened one time for us in the last 20 years. I think it was 2012. So we're talking Amir Abdullah days, Rex Burkhead, and offensive linemen like Spencer Long and Jeremiah Searles. You know, so those are guys going to the pros. That's the last time we averaged 250 yards a game rushing, which is crazy to me because still, you know, my 1980s and 90s brain, I just think 300 yards a game is nothing. And that's what we used to average. And every year we were, you know, number one in the country in rushing. But uh, it's a different game today. And so getting over 200 yards a game like we have these first two, that's big. And, you know, it's it's so funny. Mac and I were talking last night. We did the Matt's rule. And Matt said on it, and I I don't disagree with him. He goes, I was surprised we didn't call as many you know runs for Jeff Sims last week, and it's like exactly what we said don't do the first week. We're like, don't call so many QB runs. But you know, the second week it's like, ah, oh, we should. Why didn't we call more QB runs? You you cannot make I don't I do not I don't want to just say all of Husker Nation. You can't make Mac and I happy apparently because no matter what you do, we're gonna we're probably gonna say something. But look, I want to see option, and I think that that's something that we can really do. With this offense, I think we need to get under center like we started to do a lot in the second half there uh, against Colorado. Some of that out of necessity. We were not very clean out of the the shotgun, you know, and dropping some of the snaps. And so a physical approach under center. I think of that 27 yard run uh, that uh, Irvin had up the gut, and it was under center and it's wide receiver motion. And then they're doing all the pulling and everything. I mean, you were seeing some huge holes where we were sitting at in the, in the, in the uh, end zone, looking at it from the back, I mean, it, yeah. you'd see these holes just open up. And it, it reminded me of the counters that we were seeing back in 2001 that Sean Watson was calling against us. You'd see so much motion from side to side, but you just see this gigantic hole and go right through it. I think that can be an offense. That's, that can be something we can build off of. I don't know how much we have to go in the shotgun, at least the for next two weeks. Let's get good under center and let's hand the ball off and and uh, and let's roll out of that and have real quick reads for – for Sims or whoever the quarterback's going to be, and I think you can build a lot off of that.
0: Yeah, Boomer. I mean, it, it was loud in the stadium, but I mean, I've been in, in louder environments, um, but it it did seem like those that noise did just have an issue with with a, a, the silent count and whatnot. I don't know what that looked like on TV, but it feels like those are things that, as frustrating as they are, as fans, that's a type of fumble that's correctable, right? I mean, that's not a big change you would think, right? Well, you'd hope. <laughs>
2: I mean, but uh, I mean, you know, it, it, this isn't like it's his first game ever. I mean, maybe coming from Georgia Tech, it might twenty six. Yeah, exactly. I hear yeah. yeah. you. know, there. I, I got a little concerned when people said it was loud in there. Yeah, but the stadium should have been what forty, fifty percent Husker fans. So, I mean, imagine what th- it's going to be like. You know, in some of these Big Ten stadiums. You know, if you play in a pretty loud. What environment. do we think? So, we had maybe ten
3: thousand there, guys. No, it was about. I'd say it was like thirty percent of the three percent. Okay, it was 30%. hard to tell them to, yeah I you know, I don't know a that. You, was that couldn't high. Get a good you don't think it was it, that so. high, Dave?
1: I was trying to Yeah. Let's let's say it's about ten to fifteen thousand of a fifty two thousand seat stadium. To Boomer's point, that would only be 37, yeah, Colorado thirty seven thousand Yeah. I will say they were loud. Their seven thousand were loud. Student the student section was
3: extremely loud. And they so, got loud. Yeah, which is
2: good, which is what you want to see in a college environment. So sure. so there is mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And yeah, and I guess I I uh, uh, are we not preparing for that? I guess. I mean, are they t- doing this in practice? I mean, you know, Big Ten Stadium. we well, we'll admitted loads, to so.
0: not doing it as much, which yeah. To his credit, at least he's acknowledging that, but it is a little surprising, right? You know. Yeah, that worries me a bit, and not as frustrating you know, either.
2: One of the comments on the running game is just I. I kind of thought we'd be a lot more effective, you know, or just consistent in the running game than we were. Um, because it seems, you know, we ran for, you know, a decent number of yards, but a big chunk of that was about, I think, three particular carries. I remember it was uh, Stu Manji on Twitter. You know, he likes to break down those stats. And we had, what, 224 yards? And 127 of those were just three carries. And one of those was that 40-some-yard carry that uh, – you know, Ramir had kind of in the last minute and you know, garbage time, quote unquote. And Mm. that's the one thing Mm. I think this team really needs to work on in the running game is having a good long sustained drive where you're getting, you know, four or five yards a pop and you can Mm. complete a whole drive and score at the end of that drive. That's
3: something I haven't done yet. I I think that part of, to, to counter that though, Boomer, is that, you know, with the turnovers where they were untimely things like that. I mean, I think we probably would have had a lot more rushing yards and, and, you know, but there's no way to tell because, you know, we three lost fumbles and a, and a poor handoff by Sims to, to uh, you know, that that just ended up on the ground and that was it. Right. And I mean, that's four turnovers on four drives that, We'll never know. Right. And the same thing in Minnesota as well. So it's, it's, yeah. I, it's such a hard thing to balance out because it's like, can we maintain the consistency of the running game for the entire game without turning the ball over and then talk about those results? I would love to, because I think that that's something that, you know, I I think that's something you're, as we all agree, it's something to build on. I just, it's impossible to yeah. know what the true results are going to be when we're dropping the ball on the ground so much. It's terrible.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, this is about correctable mistakes like that. It's interesting. Right before we started the show, uh, I was watching Thursday night football, and Cam Jurgens is starting for the Eagles as a as a guard, actually.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and um they had a about a 12 play drive that took up eight minutes of time, only threw one pass. Um, they just ran the ball right down Minnesota's throat, and uh Hertz only had two runs. He had one designed outside run, and then he sneaked the ball in for the touchdown, right? But they just ran it, right? It was very simple. I mean, I, I would love to see – I mean, if if we have a chance to do that versus Northern Illinois or La Tech, we need just to do that and have that experience of, like, a 12-play drive that where we just, like, enforce our wheel, will. And and obviously, to Rob, Rob's point, I mean, you have to have 12 clean snaps at that point, you know?
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I think we need to take as many elements out of the plays that, that can trip us up. And for one thing, just being in the shotgun right now, that has tripped us up a bit. It's it's an extra snap. We motion. We've hit a guy in motion running between the ball and the snap and everything. I, I would just try to get really good this week against really good at doing very few things. Get under center. Get in the eye formation. Do, you know, spread them out and, and move the, and, uh, you know, motion the receiver from side to side like we were doing with that long run that uh, Irvin had do some of those things, but be under center run downhill and do that to Dave's point there against, you know, what seeing what the Eagles did do it eight, nine times out of 10. We don't have to be so many things right now in offense. So the more things we, we throw into it, let's get into the shotgun. Let's roll out and, and uh, you know, have. It, it, we just got to be quick with our decisions and let's, if something's there, take it and just, do it three, four, five times in a row. Wait until the team stops it. And uh, so, I, anyways, I, I just feel like we've done a lot of offense. It feels like we, we've we've thrown a lot out there. And I go back to the, the Minnesota game defensively. I thought Tony White did a great job against Minnesota of pulling back on things. Some things weren't working a couple of times, and he he just kind of pulled back, played very vanilla. And then he got, by the time we got to Colorado, he was throwing more stuff out there. You know, the team was kind of growing around it. Offensively right now, we throw more, we throw more Adam and that's when we, we get a turnover. You know, we do something that yep. is just unforced and, you know, even, even trying to get into some tempo at sometimes that's when we jump off sides on the old line, just, man, I just want to see us just line up, play 10 good plays in a row and see if you can get a touchdown. If you can't do that against these next two teams, we're going to be in trouble.
0: Yeah. Boomer. Um, I don't know if you've done much of a scouting report on Northern Illinois, but they have to be the, a Jekyll and Hyde um, group of five team out there. They go and get a, a P5 belt at Boston College, but still they went and got a, a a victory against a, a, a bigger-name program on the road, and then they come home and, and lose to Southern Illinois at FCS school. Right. Um, but I think they're pretty experienced um, on the defense. I think they have eight starters back and a pretty experienced D-line. Um, so, I mean, do, do you feel like – imposing your will is something that we can actually accomplish on on Saturday night?
2: Uh, I I think so. Um, To their credit, they are a good run defense and they have played those games well. You know, Boston College, like you said, they're a power five team, just being, you know, generous to them, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. By definition, as of now. Yeah. And, And watching, you know, a little bit of that, what I, what I was able to pick up on the Southern Illinois game, you know, the Northern Illinois, Southern Illinois battle, the loser has to claim Middle Illinois for the next year. So um, <laughs> that game, their defense, again, played pretty well in that game. The The big weak point was, you know, 12-year returning starter. Uh, that quarterback Lombardi threw quite a few picks in that game. I think he threw yep. three interceptions or, or at least, you know, or had some turnovers in that game. So, um, so there is, I think, some potential – uh, not only for the offense to hopefully do well, but for the defense to generate those turnovers to get the offense kind of on track is kind of what mm-hmm. I'm hoping to see this week. Cause that's, you know, we haven't talked about the defense yet, but that is one thing I think the defense had, although they've been playing well, the one thing they haven't done a lot is generate a lot of turnovers, particularly interceptions considering as many pass attempts that we've had against us. I was hoping it'd be more. Yeah, We can cover that in the
0: defensive time. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I mean, obviously, other things of note offensively, uh, Thomas Vidoni did um, make an impact, elite touchdown, obviously, but the touchdown, all the all the same. And um, we did see Henrik Harburg take um, some significant snaps. Um, seems like the, the, the Jeff Sims question is, is he healthy enough to play or not? It feels like a lot of people. And we just got a comment there from Tony Hayek of, oh, it, you know, good thing Sims isn't playing this week. I, I guess I haven't heard anything definitive yet, so I'm not going to make a decision uh, in my mind on who's actually starting. I feel yeah, like he, they think Jeff's said it was day to day.
3: Yeah, he said it was. Yeah, so what uh, does that mean? Day to day. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything.
0: Exactly. Doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I mean we're day
3: to day here too with
0: the Red Redcats. I mean, so,
3: yeah. I, I will say too that you mentioned Fedoni there, and, and I mean, imagine how much pressure that kid's been under, right, for for the entire offseason, knowing he's coming back man let's just hope that that just shook off the cobwebs there right he got in a late drive yeah it was late in the game it was kind of a blowout at that point but he still like made the catch caught touchdown he's got that out of the way so maybe we can uh, see a little bit more out of him this this weekend on saturday and you know it's uh i mean the defense the defense for northern illinois is the one side of the ball that they really think they have a lot of depth at uh, along the defensive line there. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see that challenge, right. And just keep pounding the ball at them, maybe tire them out and, you know, we'll be at home. So we, you know, hopefully we can just impose our will on that and go yeah. from there. Yep,
0: yeah. Hockey, anything else on the offense that you want to uh, point out? I, I, I want to point out
1: the physicality. We, we mentioned it a little bit last night, Mac and I did. Uh, we thought it was really important going into last week to, to hit, they got their guys Hunter in particular and to come back and see, you know, some of the, it was hard to see it in the game sometimes as much as, as watching it on replay, but man, they, they took it to them, you know, with Borker and, and with Fedoni. I mean, we, we put tight ends on them and that's a great game plan. I mean, there's something to build off just the physicality of this team. We've seen it on the tackling side on defense and in special teams, guys just flying down the field. Uh, Micah Gabor, uh, or bear, I guess, is you don't say the G, but bear, um, the linebacker, got himself on the field in the second game because of the play that he was doing in the first game in special mm-hmm. teams. Same with uh, Javen Wright as well. That's a great sign that this is a physical football team, and I thought they really showed that well yesterday or last week. And then also talking about you know the D-line that Northern Illinois is going to have, there are some things I like what we're doing on the offensive line. Now, unfortunately, that's five players to make the entire unit go, but Ben Hart, specifically on the right side, I was watching him, you know, last week, and I, I like it—the physicality. There's a play where I think we, I think it was one where we kind of scrambled out, and he's just laying on top of the defensive lineman. He took the D lineman down, and he's just laying mm-hmm. on top of him on the ground. Ben Hart—the improvement that I think we wanted to see out of him—we're seeing it. And now, I think the next step is what? When can we get Perhaska back, and how healthy can he be? They said that he's. Um, you know, he's ready to go or he's, you know, day to day, that whole thing that he's kind of right there too. Can we get him out there this week, next week, get a couple games under his belt before we go and play Michigan? I think that's really important. We need to get that left tackle slot solidified. you, you think
0: they slide uh, Corcoran in at that point?
1: I mean, yeah, he can, he can slide in him. And Piper can split some snaps there, right. Lutowski, but uh, we need to get that left tackle spot solidified and, and that's been a it's been a problem and I I just think Corcoran it's a tough spot for him to play I, I don't think that yeah that's his number one spot and uh and through necessity right now we've been putting him there but if we can get Perhaska back there uh and for a couple of games here then uh maybe we can kind of get that molded that with that offensive line
3: Hey, Boomer, can you throw a comment up there real quick? Because I just want to say something about this comment that got up there, the Dave Bremer one up there. And and um, just I, I just get so sick of these, seeing these comments here about, you know, he's saying that Sims is going to play just enough with another Adrian Martinez scenario, which will kill Matt Rule. OK, let's put an end to that right now. Matt Rule isn't going anywhere this year. They aren't going to fire him after one season okay we are in the middle of a rebuild right now dave we are in the middle of trying to build this team up build some depth bring in some recruits we'll build through the transfer portal jeff sims is probably only here for one year we've got guys coming in next year that are going to be really good quarterbacks for this program rule has us going in the right direction our defense Looks phenomenal. They are they are probably one of the better looking defenses I have seen in college football so far. The only reason they gave up so many points last week is because they were on the field so much because of turnovers by the offense. But at the same time, rules not going anywhere. So just knock it off, man. It's Matt. Matt Rule is not all right. Going all right, anywhere. Rob. All right, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll translate session
2: here. We can we can sense over for yeah. uh, mm-hmm.
3: throwing the bones here, and
0: we can talk about that that defense. But I, I think your point point taken. I guess in the simple fact that. Um, you know, rule does have Sims as a number one quarterback, and it's probably going to be the case for the rest of the year, as long as he's healthy. We don't know if that's the case this week or not. Um, can Jeff Sims play better than he did the first two games? Absolutely. Um, is he going to be, um, the solution long-term here at Nebraska? Maybe not. Um, right. So we'll find out though. Right. Um, and, and to Rob's point, we hopefully we'll have a, a depth of quarterback in the future. Honky.
1: Yeah, I just want to make one point about the the, the comparison between the two of of Sims and Martinez. And this goes because Rob and I had a big disagreement back in the 2019 nebraska Colorado game. Excuse me. And my issue at that point was that I didn't think Martinez was being used right in the offense for what his skill set was. That's not an issue I have right now with Sims. I think they're trying to use him right. I think they're trying to to build an offense around his skill set. His issue simply 100% end of story is just turnovers. Now that's a huge deal. So to the Daves out there and to anyone that's frustrated about the turnovers, I get it. I mean, I, I get it. That is, that's got to stop pronto. And that's, we we talked about last night about the difference between patience and urgency. I can be very patient with the staff. I can be very patient with the rebuild. I can be very patient at the 30,000 foot level. I'm very urgent about the penalties and the turnovers have got to stop now. There's no reason, rebuild or not, that that can't stop. And so, if Sims can get that stopped, hang on to the ball, get rid of the ball fast and not, you know, not hold on to it forever, you know, when you're throwing it and and, and giving the reads out, you got to knock that stuff out. If he does that, he does some other things really well. And he needs some guys to help him around him, too. You know, we had some drop balls and yep. drop passes there, there last True. week. So, there's a lot of good that, that Sims has done too to build off of. I, I've had to rewatch the game a couple times to, to see it because it's easy just to jump on the turnovers. But I 100% agree with anyone, Dave there included, about the frustration and the turnovers. They've got to end. And, we, and, and if they don't, I mean, you've eventually got to pull somebody if it keeps happening over and over and over again. Over two games in, let's get home. Let's stop those yep. turnovers.
0: That's right. It's time to throw the bones. All right, guys. Let's transition and uh, throw the bones here and talk about all things defense, which, um, generally speaking, pretty positive. Be honest with you. I mean, Honky and I had a, a pretty long talk after the game there in Boulder, and you know, I mean, I I didn't take the loss too hard because I just I I I'm that that impressed with this defense, right? Obviously, they ended up giving up some points in the second half, but they were out there quite a bit, and we just need to to play more complimentary football. But the first 25 minutes of that game, we shut down that Colorado offense. Um, and and really, if it wasn't for those turnovers that we've already been talking about, we probably mm. should have up at a half, six, nothing, right? I mean, uh, we we lost yardage on a, a near turnover that cost the field goal potentially, and then another one later, and then gave up 13 points in the last five minutes because of turnovers uh, and running out of bounds, right? A, a mental mistake to Harkey's point of just cleaning everything up. So the, mm. the defense looks like it could be in the Big Ten West, really, really make an impact. Hockey, I mean, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, you know, we thought last week was going to be a game of about time of possession, but to even get deeper into that, it's more about the amount of possessions. Because if, if both yeah. teams basically had 30 minutes each, but there's a big difference between having eight possessions in your 30 minutes or 10 possessions or 12 Every additional possession you give them is one more opportunity for them to score. And as we saw in that first half, we played 25 minutes of outstanding defense. Like, holy smokes, like we're, we might shut these guys out the way we're playing kind of defense. And then they mm-hmm. score 13 points and three possessions in the last five minutes because we kept giving them the ball back with, with the poor interception, with the running out of bounds and stopping the clock and so on. So that's where you get into little situational things, but the tackling's been fantastic and it's been fantastic now through two games. So I think Minnesota wanted to try to at least do some power against us. I know this is not the, the Minnesota of last year with Mo Ibrahim, but I think that they wanted to try to do some power against us and they couldn't. That's good. Last week, I know Colorado doesn't want to do that, but they have these fast you know speedy receivers that get all these yards after the catch and they weren't getting that for the most part last week um until you know the defense got out there for too many possessions and and then everything kind of starts to break down at that point so defensively this is absolutely a strength that we can build off of this is a team that a defense that can keep us in every single game moving forward that we have and you know we just we've got to play complementary football we can't keep putting them out there every single time but uh I'm really proud of what they're doing so far, and I'll let someone else talk because I've got some other thoughts on the defense, but I'm just i really pleased with what I've seen through two games.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll throw it to to Boomer just because he talked defense during the offensive segment. So uh, I'll throw out a scenario, Boomer, where if we played complimentary football and we actually simply ran the ball, just controlled the ball and limited possessions and simply just put up, you know – you know, six or eight good, solid drives that ended in points for us and limited the possessions for Northern Illinois. Uh, how how low of a score could we, um, you know, keep the Huskies down to as that defense um, plays the way they did the first two weeks?
2: Well, I mean, I would think he could easily match the Southern Illinois levels of 11 points. I mean, that seems quite reasonable, I would think. Point.
0: And, eleven. It, that's the goal. Yeah. We keep them below
2: yeah, 11. eleven or less. Uh, eleven or fewer. I think we're in good shape. <laughs> it, it, one of the weird things, you know, as I've been researching the defense, you know, we've talked about how the defense, you know, plays well and then they kind of tire routes. It, the odd thing is, you know, when it comes to time of possession, I've looked at the first two games and it's about split even for both games. That's kind of the weird thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost exactly thirty minutes per team, and I think that just really goes to show that the impact that turnovers has. I mean, you can play great defense, but if you're turning the ball over on offense, that it may not be, you know, physically worn down, but there's, I think it's a big mental part of that. At some point you just, you kind of wear out. Well, you give short field, you're defending yeah, I mean, and all those things. Fields, right? You're making it easy for him to at least get a field goal out of it. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that's been a challenge I think for this team, you know, in these first two games, it has to be corrected. I don't think we can, you know, flog that necrotic egg one enough. <laughs> and, and why it's important, I think, for the defense to generate turnovers. Because you know, we've had, what, one, I think, each game so far? Yep. You know, and mm-hmm. and I, I would have, again, I would have expected a few more interceptions just, you know, with the defense. And as much as teams are passing on us so far, I, I would have thought right. that we would have seen a couple more than that. And just try to get it closer to, a, you know, a, just a net zero for a game. You know, whether it's more defensive turnovers that we're able to generate and a few fewer offensive ones, I think that'll make all the difference in the world. You know, I don't even think it's time of possession at this point. And the other big and, thing is third down conversions. Teams are converting those way yeah. too much against us. We're, we're way down yeah. at the bottom on that. That's if, if there were any knocks to this defense, it'd be turnovers generated and third down conversions. I think it'd be the thing yeah. that they need to yeah, exactly they need right. fix on if we want to improve that.
3: So. Rob. Well, since, since I'm on a comment kick tonight, too, I, I, Anthony um, Hayek, I think that's how you say his last name, um, he said the first time in a while we were not concerned about missed tackles and open space. Um, that was actually the point that I was going to make as well, Anthony, so thanks for bringing it up. But, I mean, that's one thing that I've noticed about this defense, watching these games, is how well they're tackling, how well um, they're getting to the ball, swarming to the ball, especially behind the line. We had eight sacks. Did we mention that yet? We had eight sacks against Sanders last week. Eight eight. I don't even think we had sacks all last season. I mean, (laughs) I'm just, I'm just saying like they had more, they had more sacks in this game and they've had more sacks this season than I think they had through like five games or six games last year or something like that. I think there was a stat that someone put up that I saw that, you know, and that it's amazing. And the number of tackles for loss that we're seeing here, the turnovers are going to come and we're in a, we're in a brand new defense. You can see the defense, the way they're switching it up. They use 20, I want to say 23 guys on defense last week, 23 Mm -hmm. was that the number? I mean, that's a lot of guys rotating in and out constantly throughout the game. And that's great. Like that is fantastic that we have that much depth on the defensive side to where we're going to be able to, because the big 10 is not going to throw the ball around. Like, you know, unless it's like Michigan or Ohio state, they're not going to throw the ball around like, like uh, Colorado is doing. And, you know, even Minnesota didn't throw it around that much. Right. So, I mean, I think we're looking – it gets me pumped. And you were right, Dave. You actually put me in sort of a good mood on the walk home, talking about the defense and how fired up you were about it. So, I mean – They looked good. Really good. They looked great. They looked fantastic. Yeah. Even Even my boss, who was talking trash to me while I was in Minnesota, was texting me from, like, up in whatever suite my company the company i work for owns up there like i didn't expect Mm. this this has me worried your defense looks really good this is probably this is not how i expected this to go like she's texting me this while we're while at the game which in my head we're was like, please stop. You're giving me hope. Like I, that, that was like kind of what I said to her, you know, and I'm like, please stop. You're giving me hope. But you know, when, when I have like people who understand the game and not a bunch of students who are just flipping us off, like talking the football, like they looked at us and they respected our defense and they respected what rule is doing there. Cause we looked a lot better than what a lot of people thought we were going to look like on that sure. side of the ball. Sure. So Honky, I'll, I'll throw
0: a little uh, red meat your way. I
3: think. Um,
0: Tackling, we we. I mean, I think uh, Vegas Jerry said this is the best tackling team since oh eight oh nine. We've been talking about tackling and bad tackling ever since the show debuted in twenty seventeen, and it's just been a mystery. No matter what coaching staff we had, we couldn't tackle. Suddenly, we are a great tackling team. What has changed with this team that makes them great tacklers, Honky?
1: Well, you play how you practice, and if oh, you don't really? practice. You don't practice tackling. You're probably not going to be real good at it. Uh, and I go back to last year, and after Shenander was let go and we're done with the fourth game against Oklahoma, we had a bye week, and I think they asked Miles Farmer, you know, how did the first practice go? And he goes, well, we pract- we tackled. We hadn't done that in four years, and so it's going to take us a little while to get good at it. And I think everyone's jaw dropped at that point. And, you know, Bill Bush got the defense kind of turned around those last eight games last year. And a lot of it's just, you know, what you do in practice is how you're going to turn around and play. I think Rule's doing a lot of good things in practice, and this is where we've got to keep some consistency with this. Keep doing it. Keep doing yep. it Be time after time, and, and and we'll start to see it. Uh, some of the defensive things I was going to mention, Boomer already hit on the turnovers. The fact that we're not getting turnovers, I'm almost shocked considering how good we've tackled, how hard we've hit, how many sacks we've had. A byproduct of that is is turnovers and we haven't got them yet. So imagine if this defense can start to get, to become a little more opportunistic and the third down defense is absolutely right. I think when I look at like an Iowa, what their offense could be even uglier than what ours has been, maybe not as turnover prone, but it could be uglier than ours. And yet they still win games because the defense converts plays into points. The special teams wins gets every single yard. And it's something I want to resurrect a, uh, a statistic that maybe we haven't talked about as much. And Dave, this is your statistic that you, you wanted to hit on. So redcasters that have not heard this yet, you're new to the show in the last year or two yards per point. And how many yards does it take for you to score a point? If we get a defensive touchdown, zero yards, score seven points. And yet we've had possessions where we've gone 60, 70, 80 yards, and then turn the ball over and you get okay. zero points. It's a lot of 100 yards, plus yard no drives
0: because of penalties that ends up in yep. zero points.
1: Yeah, my favorite one was in 2019, Wisconsin. We had a drive where they kicked, they punted us down to like the three yard line. We got all the way down to their three yard line. We had a 15 yard sideline infraction penalty along the way, so we had over 100 yards in one drive, didn't score. And it's like, well, it's great for stats. I mean, 100 plus yards, but zero points come out of it. Yards per point is something yep. that we should be looking at. And D- Dave, what would be a Do you have, like, what would be a good average yards per point kind of number for a game? You know, what's Uh, a number where you're going to win?
0: Yeah, uh, this is a a, a feel-still stat if you um, are a follow um, the the Steel magazine uh, at all. There you go. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure uh, Rob could look into this. I would say that, you know, like an 11 um, or so would be a a pretty good uh, yards per point number um there are years where um it can get a little bit uh um lower than that but you you're trying to be efficient right in your mm-hmm. in your points production not just your offense but your points production you also yep. that means you're finishing drives but you're also having good field position because you're returning punts and kickoffs and you're having shorter drives because you picked the ball off or gotten turnovers or you've gotten pick sixes or all those things and you're scoring efficiently across the board the lower that number is uh it it's just don't need as many yards to score right you know yeah. right so boom
2: average, yeah, average right now the the 60s for college football is somewhere in the 13 yards per point 13 and a half or so uh yeah. your nation leading team currently is kentucky they're 8.1 yards per point so there you go. that's very efficient and uh, where are we at uh well we're 119th so that's not good that's 26 mm-hmm. and a half yards per point now granted, uh, 26 last, and a half yards per play. Yeah, point. we got a long ways to go to hit the seller. That's Arkansas State, who's 146 yards a point. And uh, that's not good, folks. So, what, what
1: about uh, the uh, speaking of, uh, well, no, what about the Clem- uh, Clemson when they lost to Duke? Clemson's oh, bad. Yeah. They're they're one 131st.
2: They're 60.3 <clears throat> yards a point. Yeah. Thanks to that one half they had where you go yeah. an entire half without punting or scoring. I, that's just insane that you can do yeah. that. In, in I mean, Clemson
0: turned the ball over three different times yep. in that game against Duke yep. inside the 10-yard line, I believe. Um, yep. yeah. So they long had great drive could not finish. Yep. Could not finish. That is that's a recipe for, for disaster.
1: Yep. And that's what that's what this is all about, and what Coach Rule is all about is it's about finishing, not just finishing the game, but finishing drives, finishing on defense, finishing defensive possessions on third down. Get off the field to your point, boomer. Even despite <clears throat> the turnovers and everything, when it got to 13 nothing at half, and then we come out and we, we hold them to three and out, get the ball, score touchdown, it's 13-7, and then we had them in third and long. How different is that game if we can get off the field, finish, get off the field right there on third and long, and and now we're getting the ball we're catching a punt you know probably somewhere around midfield or in good field position and we're down for you know down 13 to 7 with the ball how different does that game go but i will give i'll give sanders their quarterback all the credit in the world making yeah. that completion there and it, it does give me some hope here too that looking forward the rest of this uh the next 10 games i don't see another quarterback I don't know. Maybe maybe Maryland's uh, and and Michigan's, but that's not really their game either. I mean, Maryland's from just a dynamic. Might be the best quarterback quarterback we play all year. It's it's possible. It's it's very possible that we just saw the best quarterback we're going to see. So I guess if you're trying to find little silver linings and positive things to take away from that, um, that would be that would be something there. But we got to finish. We got to get off the field there. So.
0: Yep. All right, guys. Anything else, uh, offense or defense, we want to chat about? Boomer, you want to talk about special teams a little bit? Uh
2: yeah. That was kind of not a great week for it, so no. You it. you got to make those field goals, even if they're long. You know, dinking them off the uprights. And I, I can't remember who I saw tweeted that that. Hey, it's harder to hit the upright. That should count for something. But uh, oh, that was uh, that was, uh, that was a. Was that a Fopolini quote? Fopolini, one, yep. yep. And Bashini had a tough day punting, you know, even with the altitude. I think he averaged about thirty-five yards of punts. You know, you hope to do better than that just punting, just uh just to make it a little yeah, yeah no, we need a little theirs, bit so. better
3: uh, coverage on, like, by the line on on a couple of those punts. Those guys were a couple on that muff punt. I went back and watched, and I mean, there was a couple guys right there in his face. Yeah, yeah.
2: So that that was not the the best week of special teams, especially coming off a good first week. So, yeah. and that's something to look for, I guess, against Northern Illinois, just going to get back on track and you know, get some good returns set up and the punting. Well, hopefully we don't have to punt, but kickoff returns, you know, well, not even kickoff returns. Kickoffs will be better. How about that? Let's go
0: with that so. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think if they clean that up and we just have some ball control offense, we'll be able to take care of business. Uh, that was a good question by Ken McCone. Um, over under on
3: sacks, four and a half. Anybody taking an action on that? I'll take the over on that. Because um first I mean before the quarter the question is before the quarterback gets rid of the ball for Northern Illinois, does he have to put his walker down?
0: <laughs> it is seventh year quarterback Rocky Lombardi, who that's, actually that's played. Dr. For Rocky State.
3: Lombardi should be, right? Doctor Rocky so Lombardi. So long ago. Uh yeah, I mean Apollo Creed might have beat this guy up. I'm not he, for certain. He was recruited no. by Mike Riley or something like that at Michigan State or Mike Riley's last year or something like at yeah, I don't know. He's from Nebraska, West Des Moines. Like, yeah, like and, I mean, there's some there's some Mike Riley connection that I saw posted on Twitter. Like with he lost a, he's
0: lost Memorial Stadium already, Rob. So we have, yeah, that, going yeah, yeah, we have so, that going for us. We have that going for. And he's he able be to for a touchdown
3: that game. So well, hopefully this isn't like a rocky comeback story or anything like that.
1: Hey, lots of people go to college for seven years. Yeah, I know.
3: yeah, they're That's called directors. Right. <laughs> you might have a exactly. PhD already. We don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's
0: hard to say. He might be going um, for his well,
3: second PhD. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: so uh, uh, Ken uh, had a little over-under there. I think uh, even though we may not do a full uh, BetCast every week, um, we probably have a little time to, to talk um, the uh, games of the week. So let's uh, throw out the BetCast. <laughs> The BetCast Picks of the Week. All right, let's talk um, I think it is a little intriguing. Oh, yeah. uh, it's at 11 right
3: now, I think. It is, it is at 11 right DraftKings has at 11 game. right now, yeah. Nebraska has it at 11, yeah.
0: Extraordinary low um, number for a group of five MAC team versus a Big Ten team at home, in my opinion. Um, and it started at 13 and actually moved pretty quick. Mm. I'm I'm intrigued on that just because I I think that's probably a lot of sharp money coming in, big betters putting big bets down right. early in the week, um, that drive that number down because of the Jeff Sims injury, right? Like the unknown, totally mm. worth it. Um to, to if you got this is your business, this is how you make a living to put, put money down early. Uh, to take advantage of that 13 or 12 line, um, which has driven it down. I wouldn't be surprised that it gets bumped back up um, a little bit by by Saturday. Maybe not all the way to 13, but um, if if Sims starts, then a lot of those bettors might actually hedge their bets, right, and and come back on the other side. Um,
3: I mean, I got it I, at 10.5, so.
0: You got it at 10.5. Yeah, I got it at 10.5 yeah, yeah, right now. Excellent. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't bet on Nebraska, but Boomer, what do you think about that number?
2: Yeah, and uh, thanks to our lovely state legislature, we wouldn't be allowed to bet in this game here anyway, since it's at home. Uh, So, that, that that burden is lifted off our shoulders here. So, uh, yeah, ten and a half. I mean, even that seems, you know, I think doable for Nebraska at this point. You ought to be able to beat a team like this by, you know, 13 points, I think. Easily 14. So, yeah, like you said, David, it, it makes sense. The guys jumped on it early yeah, and drove that line down with the big money. But, yeah, you're probably right. We'll see this come back up.
0: So, If Sims yeah. starts. If Sims doesn't start, then then I could see it continuing to, to trickle down. <laughs> I don't know. So we people might have more confidence game. in a scoring without,
1: without Sims in the game. So, <laughs> we'll you know, that's a possibility, out. too. We'll but, and
2: yeah, what is I, that? Like two,
1: said, is, it, is it a two-hour rule before the game when we'll find out? Exactly, who is yeah, yeah?
2: What did the Big Ten announce? I think it's two hours or something like that. You have to know two hours, yeah. yeah so, mm-hmm. if you want to wait to that last minute, folks, you can, you can, you know, if you're in Iowa across the border or something, or an Iowa player with some spare time, you know, before, before your <laughs> kickoff, you can uh, get that bet in in time
3: yet. So, just watch for
2: that. So,
0: oh, <laughs>
2: well
3: it's funny that you say that though, because uh, Vegas chair is driving from Minnesota out to Lincoln this weekend, and we were talking about some bets. Um, because, you know, we were, we were talking about, you some should stop in Iowa, yeah, Iowa. He actually, he actually said yeah. he's going to be stopping in, rest, in yeah. he's going to be stopping in council bluffs to be placing his bets. And, um, I'm going to go with him. His bet, his, uh, best pick of the week this week is BYU. He has it at plus nine and a half. I actually got it at plus eight and a half. Um, so on, on DraftKings. So I, which we are not sponsored by them, but we would love to be sponsored by DraftKings. That would be wonderful. Um, <laughs> So DraftKings, if you're listening, feel free to throw a little bit of money into our YouTube donation box, and uh, we'd be more than happy to have a beer or two on you.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> give us a super
3: chat. This uh, DraftKings. Yeah, there you go. So, so this is you know,
0: BYU in Fayetteville versus Arkansas.
3: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. All right. And he. All right.
0: So he's he feeling likes- good
3: about it, and I and I, I, you know what? Jer knows what he's doing, so I'm gonna believe him. I mean, his name is Vegas Jer for for heck's sake. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: Now I, I, I have seen this numbers moving. It looks like, I mean, I'm seeing as low as seven and a half on some, some sites, I don't see nine and a half available. So that might, might change his opinion on Vegas yeah, year. If you're you're listening live Vegas year, maybe you can tell us if you still like it at seven and a half, because that's where it's trending at. There's eight and a half out there as well. Um, but that's, that's interesting. Um, one game I was looking at in the big 12, since we went to the big 12, which obviously BYU was, Big 12
2: team.
0: <laughs> big 12 team, yeah. um, As we all expect, yeah. <laughs> it's the, um, the Texas game, Texas, last year in the Big 12, um, Wyoming. Um, hmm. Texas oh. got a letdown here. They just beat Alabama. They got uh, – it needs to cover at least 28 and a half, 49 points right now versus Wyoming. Um, that's it's a big number, and I could see, you know, a backdoor cover uh, for the Cowboys there, where Texas doesn't really care exactly how much they – a, um, score there in the second half. Um, Playing like third-string yeah.
3: guys or something? Second, yeah. Third,
0: yeah I, there's that Arch Manning guy who probably could play a little bit. I don't know. Who? But <laughs> never heard of him.
2: No, haven't either. <laughs> and, Dave, that 28-and-a-half that point spread reminds me of a game I was kind of intrigued by. I, I saw this line, and that's uh, – Western Michigan at Iowa. That's got a uh, Iowa 28 and a half point favorite. And
3: <laughs> I wish not even I, I remember.
2: Point. I saw this on Twitter earlier this week and I meant to write it down that somebody had said, well, as long as Western Michigan can score zero points, they ought to be able to, to beat that spread. So
3: we that's should not fun. be talking trash about how many points Iowa scores right now. I know, That's all I just yeah. can't help it. It's fun. I, 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 I'm glad you brought the
0: game up, though, Boomer. I did have it circled. Um, I'm looking at the underarm on that at 42 oh yeah um, absolutely yeah because western, western michigan, michigan hasn't scored
2: points this year but yeah that's they are horrible guy, if there's any other i yep. think
0: Iowa will hold them to less than a touchdown probably or maybe a junk touchdown at worse so if Iowa was just scores 28 or whatever 28 to 7 that's an easy cover actually yep, so absolutely um, that's a
2: that's an easy I,
0: one i don't know if they'll get to 28 that's that's a lot of points for iowa to cover but i like the under at 42 um yep Biggest uh, 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 here a
2: couple other interesting ones we wanted to talk about. Uh, first, yeah, uh, fire. thoughts yeah. on uh, Gophers uh, UNC? It's
3: a plus, yeah, it's a minus Great seven question. and a half for UNC right yeah, now. Yeah, it.
2: I watched Minnesota again this week, and man, they're just they're just they're playing that kind of early Gophers ball where they're just content to kind of plod along and just keep doing whatever and hope it eventually works, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. they did against Eastern Michigan. And yeah, I don't know if they can do that against UNC and
0: hope to you know, stay in that game, you know, that the thing is, so UNC took care of business versus South Carolina. Right. Um, and we'll see how good South Carolina is. I, I think I'm taking Georgia to cover the 28. 28's a, a popular line this week. They're Seems around like 27 week, and you know. a half, 28 points against the Gamecocks. But then, I mean, Carolina struggle versus App State, right? I mean, that was what, a right. four or five point victory. Um I don't have a lot of faith in the North Carolina defense. Uh, it, it's an intriguing game uh, because it's really just hard to read. I, I've had it. I had it on my board, Vegas chair. And I took it off because I just couldn't figure it out.
2: Yeah, I mean the one thing North Carolina can do is they can score, so I think that that can make it tough. Unless the Gophers can somehow keep it a Big Ten West kind of slugfest, I think it, it could mm-hmm. be problems for them. I don't know. Yeah. That's just my gut feeling. I don't know if I would bet it, but uh, if I would, I'd probably go UNC in that one. so. Yeah. Bigushir have
0: other ones out there.
2: Uh he thought this was a crazy line uh and this is probably a reaction to all the insanity going around at Michigan State, uh, Washington 16 and, or minus 16 at Michigan State. Yep.
0: Yeah, that's kind of an odd. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I heard the the line today like uh last time I checked, you know, Mel Tucker wasn't actually playing defense, right? You know. Um <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously they they don't have their coach on the on the sidelines as they would expect but um yeah i don't know i mean I honky i mean do you well, think as from a just a coaching perspective if you've lost your head coach because of a kind of a controversial thing like that how does how does the team react you know yeah it a lot
1: of it depends on where the team is at in the season are you sitting at and 6 and you lose a coach i mean what's the scenario well they're sitting at 2 and 0 and they're bringing Mark Dantonio back for sakes to, to play a, a a role with that. What a bizarre drive back home on Sunday after the Colorado game. I mean, we were driving back. Talon and I were when you know the news is breaking that all this stuff with Tucker. It's just it's so bizarre, and it's early enough in the season that they either it, it galvanizes the team. They get behind it. They 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 you know fight together to to you know, for, for Spartan pride or just absolutely tanks them. I, I have no idea. I haven't paid that close attention to to Michigan State, but this is what a absolute bizarre scenario coming out of uh, East Lansing there. Yeah, and
2: it's tough yeah. to get a read on kind of where Michigan State is as a team so far. Who have they played so far? I think it was Richmond and, uh, God, somebody else. They haven't played anything, anyone, you know, in, in the past. Uh, Central Michigan. Yeah, they played one of the directional Michigan schools. Jeez, you know, Washington hasn't. Directional played...
1: Michigan schools have been here in Central and Eastern and Western. Yeah, all the Michigan schools. Yep.
2: Yeah, and I, I mean, Washington hasn't played world meters yet either. They played Tulsa, but they did play Boise State and they've they scored a ton of points yeah. in both those games. So, yeah, yeah, I think a lot of this just depends on where you think Michigan State's going to be at mentally for this. And, yeah, I mean Washington looks like a decent team and you know what Pennix is there for his 80 50 years a you know, quarterback some of these guys have been playing yep. forever so yeah.
0: Yeah, he's probably actually played at Michigan State multiple times. <laughs> yeah, he probably has actually. Yeah, so so he's I mean, he
2: familiar with that environment.
0: The the tone of Vegas Jerry's question, I I I will take it that he he thinks that Michigan State can cover that 16. Um but I guess for our sakes, I'm I hope Michigan State implodes. Because suddenly, yeah. a game that's maybe a 50-50 home game maybe starts to trend towards us, right? You know, I mean, Maryland also hasn't looked as good this year as a lot of people had, had maybe well, thought, right? So maybe that's out there, right? You know, Yeah, Michigan
1: State's one of, you know, we play 10 games left, and because we started on the road the first two, we have 10 games left, seven of them are at home. home. And the three away, one of them is Michigan State. We travel to East Lansing. If they blow up and explode, if a game that could have been a loss, or a, you know, maybe a 50-50 one All of a sudden, gets a little closer to to being a victory for us. I mean, we'll take every little bit of of fortune we can get. Although, again, crazy scenario that would have caused it. You know, right. I mean, nobody, yeah. all not that. Aside, we're
0: not asking for these kind of scenarios. Please. Yeah, we're not I looking for that, looking not that kind for of that, thing. It, but yeah, it's we just play the games on the schedule. Yeah.
1: We just play the games on the schedule and legitimately it was like one of those when it was happening it's like oh well this is this does have an effect whatever's going on there it could be an effect on the football field that can help them or it can hurt them but it's you know it's a team that we play you know about a month and a half from now so yeah. Yep.
0: Um other games that I've had on my board um it, it's it's not a great week but you know sometimes you got to got to find um you know the the tried and true, um, like Alabama first half cover, um, looking at 20 and a half um, over uh, USF uh, bouncing back. I think Alabama will probably look to try to to get going early on that one. Um, I mentioned Georgia as a potential cover there at 27 and a half over South Carolina. I, I just don't see how South Carolina is going to really keep up at all with them. And then also Ohio State as a 16 and a half cover. Um, Point spread at halftime, and I I think they're going to want to jump out early. Um, So, so, you know, not not exciting, sexy picks there. Nothing controversial, but if you're looking to to make money, those are usually ones that um, more often than not are going to deliver for you.
3: Hey, for the record, too, here two and a half over under birdies. raw it's supposed Mm -hmm. to say Rob because apparently somebody else is Redcast Ron out there. But (laughs) Ron has the rest (laughs) of the golf season. For the record, Jer, I played yesterday at my local boomerang. Uh, golf links and i had two birdies yesterday so i would just like to say that i would definitely take the over on that one unless you're talking about moving forward so suck it buddy. depends on what course you're yeah. playing rob right it, yeah. oh my god yeah never again I, I man, i man that was just terrible golf by my oh
0: anyway all right uh, you know PM, i'm curious
3: ever- too, um washington state is playing uh, my Northern Colorado uh, Greeley oh, yeah. Bears this weekend uh, out in Pullman, <clears throat> as you mentioned in our I'll chat. I'll take the Washington the State money line. Yeah, whatever <laughs> that is. Yeah. Yeah, I, would well, I like don't know. And, and obviously the spread isn't – none of that's going to be released probably until like tomorrow or, or Saturday, right? But um, I would – UNC is terrible this year, so feel free to just take whatever it is on there and, you know, go for it. Bet the mortgage because UNC probably won't score more score more than seven points in that game.
2: Yeah, and Washington State's looked pretty good. I have watched them a couple wow. couple times now. And can, they're can, legit. Can, we, huh.
1: can we talk about that last week? That game, Wisconsin is a team that yes. we've talked a little bit about. Like they're intriguing this year that not only did they switch coaches, you know, Fickle's name was was all over our our job too, but they've gone all in. We're making a big switch. We're we're switching to the spread and, and going away from what we've done for years and years, we kind of compared it in some ways to the soul that's going away and, and bringing in Callie in here and boy, that was a, that was a bad showing for, for Wisconsin. Just not just the loss, but the style of it, but, you know, there's Braylon Allen just looking like he doesn't really fit into that offense. And mm-hmm. that's, that's part of the transition there. And they're all in. So I don't know. i mean, not even
0: give, getting the most carries. Uh, no, he's getting more carries. I mean, the, the offense is kind of fickle.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Very
1: nice.
0: yeah. and their defense
2: has been really questionable you know that's been the, the, the thing about them that i've really been yeah. shocked at these first couple well, games watching what you know it was side. coming
0: to camp randall this week Ah, God, who do they play? Georgia Southern.
3: Oh, man, yeah, oh, I was to Georgia Southern, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're maybe, bringing the Eagles. That's the big question. It's, it's only like on a 13-point or something like that, 13 or 14 points red, 20. Was it 20? It's, it's it's moved. 19 and a half, 20 and a half. So, what,
0: Dave, what would, you do, what would you put on that one? I'm tempted to take Georgia Southern on that one. I am, too. I mean, Georgia Southern's going to throw the ball over the yard, and, you know, I they're mean, I'm old old gonna the offense start the year, so. suddenly starts yeah. to score a lot. Um I think – I think Wisconsin probably wins the game as I, I, we probably should have beat them last year, but I could imagine that being a high score affair. a fair action.
3: I was going to say, and that's a game too, where if you're going to take Georgia Southern to cover, you might as well just take them on the money line. Cause I think it's actually a better bet at this point. I could be wrong. It's 20 I, points. I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, you're getting almost three touchdowns and
0: Georgia Southerns can score. So, Hey, yeah, I don't know about that, but I get it, Rob. I mean, like,
3: I'm no, throw a little one line sprinkle on that. Go it's up well it's plus seventy, it's plus six seventy-five on Georgia Southern. That's what I'm saying. Like, oh, I guess you're saying, like, in case they're they're not gonna, you know, in case they're gonna win. I feel like it's gonna be an upset. It could be like the upset of the week kind of thing. Georgia Southern goes in. All right.
0: And, well, Rob, Rob's going with his gut. I'm just saying, yeah, that's not a gut, that's not a gut they're at all. Better
3: I, to just just take the the, well,
0: the three touchdowns. What did they do? Uh, what did they
3: do last year against Nebraska in a shootout? They, they won. won. Yes, I understand. Okay. The odds of them doing it, it again are low. If
0: you're just doing that
3: a hundred times against a Big
0: Ten team, anyone, and they they might do it one more time. I and mean, they're not okay. going to do that this every be be the one, year. Yeah. I am curious. Good. What's
1: the over/under on that game? Like, how how high do they think that that combined score is going to be? Sixty four. Sixty four. Yep. Okay, that's high.
2: Yeah, that is pretty high. Yeah, but. That's feasible. Then, yeah, I mean that, that's gonna be
0: a shootout. And that's Georgia telling you Spurs that's in. a it's a forty-two twenty-one Wisconsin win type thing, right? Yeah, um right. I think Georgia Suns are gonna score more than twenty-one points against him. So and in I don't think is gonna forty-two, right? You know, I think it's like maybe a ten point something like that. Hey, Vegas
1: Jerry's got one here for uh, producer Skip.
2: Yep, he's yeah. not on the board, but uh yeah, Colorado minus yeah. twenty-three and a half over Colorado State. He's heard it's personal, so
1: <laughs>
2: and apparently so, and the Dion's thought the same thing that uh yeah, he's been offended by something Norvell said. I don't know. I don't even know what Norvell is. Every, every game was is personal
0: to Dion. Um, so, I guess that's yep. the us versus the world mentality yep. that's going to work at least for maybe one year with, with this. Um, so far. Yeah.
2: So. Dave, you have thoughts on that yeah. game? I haven't watched Colorado State at all this year, so I have no.
0: Well, uh, I, I've been on a thread on. with uh, Skip and his friends, and uh, they they are you know trying to support the Rams here and taking taking flyers on the money line and and – and taking the spread, I, I think, you know, it, it's a, you, if you're really looking at this, you know, analytically, this is a trap game for Colorado. Even if you're simply saying, hey, they're not going to cover the 23.5. They've just had two big weeks against Power Five opponents. They're supposed to now beat CSU suddenly yeah, easily by 23 week. points. Yeah. Beginning of the year, the spread would have been way closer. Um, and then they've got the Pac 12 schedule starting at, is it USC next week? Right. Or
2: Oregon. Week four, so. okay, four is right.
0: so, a ton of great games. Uh,
2: this week's last trap week game is here
0: great. where it's night game two. Um, they played their first two games early. So suddenly now they have all a all game to sit there and, and all, all day to sit there and, and watch other football games and the different routine. I, I can totally see CSU covering this and just kind of a slightly uglier game than what we've come to expect now from, from the Buffaloes.
2: Has Colorado State only played the one game so far this season? They already had a bye week producer oh, yeah, skip no. had a
0: field day with that So well,
2: at least they're well rested for this
0: game so if anything yes
2: yeah.
0: yes um so we'll see all right guys oh look at that
2: yep there you go
1: hey dave i do somebody. i have one question for you dave um yeah. last week's game you know i'm not the, i'm not the betting guy this is kind of the first time i've even sat around the betcast but um, did Vegas make money or lose money last week on Nebraska Colorado? Like, because wasn't there a lot put all towards one side? Or, or, or they, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah else you know, know, I didn't. Beforehand.
0: I haven't. i mean, Vegas. There might be the better resource on this. Uh, I didn't yeah. hear the outcomes of that. Yeah, I, I did see that the money was was lopsided. I don't know if oh, money came in on the on the tail end because they didn't really move that much on on Saturday morning, right? I think it hung around uh, that three. Um, so. Uh, I don't have a good answer for you. Okay. All right, guys. Well, that was fun. Very cool. Yep. All right, let's let's uh, let's get into uh, some parting shots, huh? Sound good?
3: Yep. All right, let's uh, start with Rob. Well, I just want to say that uh, Husker Nation, keep your heads up. Hold them high because you know what? Dave reminded me very much. So on Saturday after the game, that we are the best fans in the world. And the fact of the matter is, is that we're going to come out of these next two weeks, two and oh, we'll be two and two playing Michigan. I'll be out there for the game. I'm looking forward to hanging out with a bunch of you and seeing a bunch of people and some friends out there in Nebraska. And every time I go on one of these trips, I make more friends and there's more people I want to see. And so I'm just <laughs> looking forward to it. And I will be making the road trip with a, with a couple of my buddies and, and, uh, Person that I've never met before, but he's a Husker fan, and he's going to be hanging with us. So I'm I'm looking forward to that, and you know, always looking forward to making new friends out there. So uh, hopefully, we can all hang out and tailgate together before that game. Maybe they'll make it a like two o'clock start or a five o'clock start for us, since uh, it's not going to be the the Fox game of the week apparently anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to that. All right, Kool Aid Commissioner, thanks, Rob. Uh, let's go to Boomer.
2: Yeah, it's just a. Uh... Just a, a reminder for Husker fans. You know, if you're a fan of the team, yeah, things can be tough, and it's not fun to be owing two, or ever fun to be losing. Uh, but you know, if you're a fan, you stick with it. You don't have to love every bit of it. And you can complain. That's fine. You know, it's what you do. I mean, this this was a miserable sports weekend for me. Just basically, every team I cheered for lost and lost horribly. You know, whether <laughs> it was Saint Kilda going down to Saint Kilda. Thing. Yeah, St. Kilda went down terribly against Great Western Sydney and ended the season in there in the playoffs on that. And then Seattle just decided not to play offense in the second half in the NFL game. And it was it, it was a rough week. But you know what? You're a fan. You persevere. You're depressed for a few days. You get over it. You know, complain if you want, but whatever. It doesn't fix anything. And get back on that on that horse and you know, root again next
0: week. So
1: that's
2: what fans that's do. Great.
0: So absolutely. All right, thanks Boomer. Honky, get us out of here. Uh
1: the first two here uh they have to deal with my dad. It's this is the last time I was in Memorial Stadium. I had I took dad with me to Minnesota. So, you know, going back to to Memorial Stadium this week, first home game of the year. I mean, I uh, kind of the echo Boomer there. I know it's frustrating. It's 0 2, but let's be loud. Let's be proud for these guys. Let's let's give them a big welcome. This is Coach Rules' first game. In, in the stadium and he was talking to coach Sirefield, you know, this morning, I think Sirefield was saying that he walked into the office and coach rule is just so pumped about playing inside Memorial stadium and not, it's not about bringing all the negativity of being and two. It's, it's we have a chance to go out there. And so I, I'm excited to get back into the stadium again and to watch the guys against Northern Illinois. Uh, I also just, I noticed something today. Uh, there was a question on Twitter about like, what's your first game you went to? And I went and I looked it up and it was New Mexico, 1985. And, uh, and I looked at it was October 5th. I was like, that's dad's birthday. The first game I ever went to dad took me on his 37th birthday to watch us, uh, go play New Mexico. So I, I didn't think about that. I, I texted that to the family and said that was pretty cool. Uh, my final parting shot is volleyball related two things. Number one, uh, Stanford, the, Nebraska went out and, and really took care of Stanford really four awesome. sets. There it was a great game, um, on Tuesday night and as important, it was on ESPN the flagship network at eight o'clock It even beat the ratings. What I heard it beat the ratings of like the Yankees against the Red Sox, even. And it's just something about the, the growth of the sport of volleyball. We had 92,000 people in Memorial stadium a couple weeks ago. Now we're playing, you know, regular season games on ESPN. And then last night, Marquette broke the indoor volleyball record with like 17,000 and some people at the game. And I saw a few comments and unfortunately a few of them were even from Nebraska fans that were kind of poo pooing it or saying, Hey, you know, we had 92,000. It's like, no, no, no. Celebrate the, celebrate what they did. And if nothing else that can give us, uh, some reason.
0: At, at Marquette, right. You know? Yeah. Ma-
1: yeah. So all the more reason and on Fox for, sports
0: one, you know, yeah, so, mm-hmm. yep. all the more reason for Nebraska, Trev
1: Alberts to try to find some way for us to, to beat that indoor record too. Right. So we just need to find a big enough indoor place, but I think it's good to see the growth of the sport, Boomer. You've talked about this so many times. It's it's made for TV. It's it's a it's an exciting game. It's usually a pretty fast game, you know, fast paced, two hours. And I think volleyball it, it's really starting to take off. So it's that's a lot of fun. We we've got to find somebody that knows it better than we do, so that we can actually have some of the conversations on the show.
0: Absolutely. All right, guys. Uh, great show. Uh, Honk, I enjoyed last night's show. Matt's rule is quality content all (laughs) all through. Um, Looking forward to Saturday night, and uh, let's get a victory out there. For now, let's call that a Go Big Redcast. Go Big Red.
2: Heard at Sports Network Production.